Following is a class given by His Holiness Jaya Pataka Swami Maharaj on January 28, 2007 in Sridhar India. The class begins with a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 2nd Canto, Chapter 10, Verse 43. Translation by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Where's the Bengali class today? Thereafter, at the end of the millennium, the Lord Himself in the form of Rudra, the destroyer, will annihilate the complete creation as the wind displaces the clouds. Thereafter, at the end of the millennium, the Lord Himself in the form of Rudra, the destroyer, will annihilate the complete creation as the wind displaces the clouds. Report by Srila Prabhupada. This creation is very appropriately compared to clouds. Clouds are created or situated in the sky, and when they are displaced, they remain in the same sky without manifestation. Similarly, the whole creation is made by the Supreme Personality of God in His form of Brahma. It is maintained by Him in the form of Vishnu, and it is destroyed by Him in the form of Rudra or Shiva all in due course. This creation, maintenance and destruction are nicely explained in the Bhagavad Gita 8.19-20 as follows. Bhutagrama saivayam bhutva bhutva praliyate ratragame vasapartha pravavatyaharagame Parastasmatubhavonyam 
सर्वेशु भूतेशु नस्यत्सु The nature of the material world is that it is first created very nicely, then it develops very nicely and stays for a great number of years, even beyond the calculation of the greatest mathematician. But after that it is again destroyed during the night of Brahma without any... At the end of the day of Brahma it is again manifested as a creation to follow the same principles of maintenance and destruction. The foolish conditioned soul who has taken this temporary world as a permanent settlement has to learn intelligently why such creation and destruction take place. The fruit of actors in the material world are very enthusiastic in the creation of big enterprises, big houses, big empires, big industries, and so many big, big things out of the energy and ingredients supplied by the material agent of the Supreme Lord. With such resources and at the cost of valuable energy, the condition so creates satisfies his whims, but ultimately, unwillingly, has to depart from all his creations and enter into another phase of life to create again and again. To give hope to such foolish conditioned souls who waste their energy in this temporary material world, the Lord gives information that there is another nature which is eternally existent without being occasionally created or destroyed, and that the conditioned soul can understand what he should do and how his valuable energy may be utilized. Instead of wasting his energy and matter, which is sure to be destroyed in due course by the Supreme Will, the conditioned soul should utilize his energy in the devotional service of the Lord so that he can be transferred to the other eternal nature where there is no birth, no death, no creation, no destruction, but permanent life instead, full of knowledge and unlimited bliss. The temporary creation is thus exhibited and destroyed just to give information to the conditioned soul who is attached to temporary things. It is also meant to give him a chance for self-realization. It is also meant to give him a chance for self-realization and not for sense gratification, which is the prime aim of all fruitive actors. Thus ends the Srimad Bhagavatam, 43rd verse, chapter 10, canto 2, in the matter of Bhagavatam, is the answer to all questions. Arihi Om Tatsat. Thereafter, at the end of the millennium, the Lord Himself, in the form of Rudra, the destroyer, will annihilate the complete creation as the wind displaces the clouds. So there's creation, maintenance, and annihilation. Whatever we do in the material world, eventually it's annihilated. But there are messengers that come from the spiritual world to give us information about the higher reality. They come down 
just to deliver the conditioned souls from their ignorance. Today is the disappearance day of Ramanujacharya, who appeared in 938 Sakabda, it's about 900 years ago. It says he's an incarnation of Anantadev, of Lakshman, Ramanuja also means younger brother of Ram, that he came to preach. He came after the preaching of Shankaracharya, so most people were Mayavadis. He had a Sanskrit teacher who was also Mayavadi. He was studying Sanskrit under him, but then one day he was massaging his uh, Sanskrit guru's leg, and the guru was telling a verse from the Shastra that described the, the beautiful lotus face of the Lord. I can't remember the name of the verse, the verse but it's called Kapi. So Kapi means uh, lotus. But somehow the Sanskrit teacher got some, screwed some other meaning out of it. That there's a monkey called the Kapi monkey who has a red S and said that the Lord is just like the red S of a monkey, something like that. And when Ramanuja heard this, he started crying. It was so offensive. It was so disgusting. And tears started falling on the leg of the Sanskrit guru. Then he said, you know, why are you crying? And he said, well, you, you quoted this verse in such a strange way. It gives me great pain, the description of the Lord. He said, why, what's wrong with my Sanskrit? Then he gave the proper translation that it means the Lord has a beautiful lotus face, like the red lotus, his lips, some gave another translation which was the appropriate one, the direct meaning. Then that Guru thought, this guy is really dangerous. If he is allowed to live, he's going to eventually be such a great scholar, he'll defeat all the Mayavadis. So then he made a plan to have him killed off. So they sent him out into the forest with the Govinda Das, and uh, they wanted to have him be killed there, or be lost in the forest. So they, they dumped him in the forest, so that then they realized what happened. So they realized that this guru wants to get rid of me. Then, uh, so he escaped. Later he f found a Vaishnav guru, and God initiated. The Guru gave him the mantra, Om Namo Narayanaya. Said, this is a Gayatri mantra, don't say it out loud. Because otherwise you'll go to hell. You chant this mantra, it'll liberate you. And he went on to the tower in South India. We're going to go on a safari. 
will see the tower. And he started to shout a mantra on top of his lungs. The guru said, what you doing? I told you not to say it like no, You said if I say it out loud, I'll go to hell and it will deliver everyone. So better let everyone be delivered and I go to hell. So this is a very special disciple. <laughs> he said, no, it won't work. So effectively, if people don't, uh, if they're not initiated properly, so even you give it like that, they won't have the same effect. But like this, uh, there are many different pastimes. He was uh, personally under the he was empowered by Jamuna Acharya to carry on the Sri Sampradaya. He stayed in uh, Sri Rangam. Today is his uh, disappearance day. They show you his samadhi. They say that one day he sat down in meditation and he just never moved after that. The same body is still there, undecomposed, covered with sandalwood, uh, pulp, and different kind of medicinal. He's just sitting there like this. It lets you see his thumb. You've seen? You've not seen his body? It's amazing places here. Uh, Lord Chaitanya stayed in uh, Sri Rangam for four months of the rainy season. So Ramanuja, that was his headquarters for his preaching. He had different great devotees who were assisting. He made 64 temples and put a guru in charge of each temple. Some of the gurus were grihastas and some were Sannyasis. They're called jeers. And so when he was in Sri Rangam, he would go begging for his food. So some of the, again, he defeated some Mayavadis, and the Mayavadis, they decided they wanted to get rid of him. So one Mayavadi arranged for a relative that he would frequently go and give prasadam to give him some poisoned food. So his cousin gave him food with that poison in it. And then it somehow slipped from his hand and fell on the ground. And a cat came running up and ate it. Immediately the cat croaked. That means he died. <coughs> it was a stiff. And then Ramanuja lost his appetite. <laughs> you might lose your appetite too if you knew someone was one trying to poison you. So he was fasting and then they called over one Shiksha Guru of Ramanuja to come. So See, Rangam is uh, an island in the middle of the river Kaveri. 
which is uh, another holy river of life again, Jesus. But in the dry season, in the rainy season, it's filled with water. In the dry season, it's a narrow stream with a big sand riverbed. They call it one side the Kaveri and the other side, what do they call it? I forget. They, they give it another name, but Sister Kaveri splits it too. But they call the other side another name. And uh, when he heard the Guru had come, he went to meet him in the middle of the riverbed. And when he came to see that he saw the Guru, then he paid his obeisances. But the river of sand in the hot summer of the dry season, it's very hot. So it burns. You pay this obeisance without any shirt or anything. So it was burning in the hot sand. One by one the disciples got up. They couldn't take it. It was burning so much. Then they saw that Ramanuja was still paying his obeisances. And one disciple laid down next to him and took him and put him on his chest so that he wouldn't burn in the sand. Then Ramanu, then the Ramanuja Siksha Guru or Guru, he said, okay, he can be your cook. Because it was more intolerable for him, the pain of the Guru, than his own pain. So he'll never do anything to harm you. So he became the cook of the Guru. Then he started eating again. There are many different things that happen. There's a, there was a king who was a Shivite, and he had a plan that he wanted to get Ramanuja to admit that Shiva was the supreme, not Vishnu. So he came to take. A, Ramanuja, his Vihasta uh, disciple Kuresh put on Ramanuja's sannyasi dress and gave his Vihasta dress to Ramanuja. And Ramanuja escaped into the forest and went to the neighboring kingdom where there was a Jain king. And Ramanuja converted the Jain king into Vaishnavism and made that a head to the headquarters of his philosophy. It's uh, about an hour and a half drive from Bangalore. What's the name of that place? I forget. Melkote, Melkote. The Melkote has a pastime. There's a yoga narasimha there that when uh, Prahlad was trying to meditate because he was in a Satya Yuga. So meditation was the Yuga Dharma. But he was just a small voice and wasn't so expert. Then his deity of Narasimhadev showed him how to meditate in the yoga position. And he's still there as Yoga Narasimha. And there's a special kunda there where Prahlad and Narasimha had bathed. There's a special Nar Narayan deity there. 
and say that place is not different from Vaikuntha. It's one of the four holiest places like Mathura, Tirupati for the Sri Vaishnavas. And uh, this was uh, Melkote. One more place. Meanwhile, Kuresh was uh, tortured and he was made to say that, he was told he had to say that Vishnu was subordinate to Shiva, but he wouldn't say that. So they say, you are blind to the truth, therefore I will blind you. And he gouged out the eyes of the secretary. And he tortured that uh, Shiksha Guru of the Ramanuja and he died. Couldn't take all the torture. Later, that king, uh, he died, and the subsequent, his uh, next king, he was not so heavy, he was, became more favorable. So Ramanuja could come back. Since Kuresh was blind, he couldn't do the secretary service for his guru, so he went to the Bhardraj temple in uh, <clears throat> Kanchipuram. That's another place we're going to go. Very powerful deity, Lord uh, Bharadraj. So there he was chanting songs for the Lord's pleasure. The Lord spoke to him and said, What blessing do you want? I'll give you anything you want. He said, Please forgive the people who tortured me. I don't want anyone to suffer because of me. Then he was singing bhajan. Again the Lord asked him, do you want something? Then he prayed again for other people. Then he went over to see Ramanuja. Ramanuja says, I heard the Lord ask you for, to give you a blessing. I want you to tell the Lord if he asks you again, that your guru has some property which is defective and he needs it to be repaired. So then he went back and the Lord again asked him, he wants some blessing. He said, my guru has some property. He wants it to be repaired. Well, the property was his disciple and it's broken because he's blind. So then uh, Bhardraj blessed Kuresh, and he got his eyes replaced. And he went and he was serving Ramanuja Acharya. I don't know if this was before or after, probably before. When Kuresh, see what happened was, Kuresh was actually very strong physically. He was a professional wrestler for the king, a royal wrestler. So he was very strong and handsome and everything good-looking. One day there was a big festival, a, a card festival, and the Lord was going in Sri Rangam. But he, uh, Ramanuja noticed that from the, from the Rat, there was this guy who was carrying an umbrella for a beautiful lady. 
and he looked we're just looking at the face of the lady didn't even see the festival thousands of people big car festival Rathyatra did take a peek at at Lord Ranganath Utsav Murti going in procession later after the festival they were going home to their ashram Again he saw this guy walking backwards with the umbrella. He said, what is this guy doing? What's his trip? So then he sent a secretary over to talk to you. The wire walking backwards looking at this woman's face, carrying an umbrella over her. But first asked him to come over and then so this Ramanuja Acharya here, the great Acharya. Oh, I didn't see him. All you see, anyways, he called, what you doing? He said, this uh, lady has the most beautiful eyes, lotus eyes. So I can't take my eyes off them. So I'm just looking at them, enamored how beautiful her eyes are. He said, what if I can show you someone who has more beautiful eyes than her? <laughs> I said, well, I don't believe it. Give me a try. Come today at 6 o'clock, such and such a place. And I'll show you someone who has more beautiful eyes. So then he met at this place. They blindfolded him. They took him inside the temple of Lord Ranganath. There, they untied his eyes and they put the, the camphor lamp by Lord Ranganath's eyes. When he saw those eyes, then he realized that they were the most beautiful eyes he'd ever seen. So he got, he became a disciple of Ramanuja. Later, Ramanuja told him to marry the lady. And they were both initiated. So he was caring for Ramanuja, helping him go down to bathe, watching his things, do all personal service. So some of the swamis they complain, he's a grihasta. You know, this personal service should be done by a sannyasi. Then Ramanujan decided, okay, we're going to have a test. So he sent two disciples. You go and you steal the jewelry from Quresh's wife. So they went and they took the tiles off the roof of the house and they crawled into the house coming down by a rope. And the wife, she, she saw that, oh, my gurus, my godbrothers are coming. Maybe they need something. I'll just lie here. And they came and they took off her bangles and her gold earrings. She thought, maybe the guru needs some gold. But they can't reach. I'm lying on my arm. So then she turned all rolled over so that they could steal the other jewelry 
And they got frightened when she rolled over. Maybe she's waking up. They ran out of the house. Then the husband came, Quresh, and he saw she's got only ornaments on one side of her body. One earring, one bangle. So what's this? Looks very funny. And she told him what happened. And the husband chastised her. You see, you thought that this we have anything, everything we have is the Guru's. You thought that something was ah, yours to give to the Guru. That's why you couldn't give it all, you could only give half. And the two disciples who were stealing, they heard all this. They realized how really detached they are. So they came back and gave the gold to the Ramanuja and explained what happened. Then he, Ramanuja told, go and steal the copins from the sannyasis. Take the Brahmin underwear and hide it here, there, put it around. Watch what happens. Hey, who took my underwear? What is going on? And they're shouting, there's a big fight. They all, you took my underwear. What do you think this is? Why do you touch my Brahmin underwear? They missed the whole my morning program. <laughs> Ramanuja had the, the two devotees who did this give their report. Said he's losing gold and he's upset that he couldn't take it all. You people are dismissing your underwear and you're so much upset. So who's more detached? So all the sannyasis after that, they didn't complain about Quresh. So like that, there's a lot of interesting pastimes with Ramanuja Acharya. He lived a long time and still is, as I said, his samadhi, he just sat down in meditation and he's this there. So it's something very special places. Uh, this uh, Tamil Nadu is filled with uh, they call divya deshas. They have 108 divya deshas or holy places of uh, which like uh, Dwarka, Vrindavan, Rishikesh, I mean Hardwar, not Hardwar but uh, Badrinath. They're all part of it but the, most of them are in South India. We go to some places where like uh, Srirangam, Rameshwaram, there's a 26 in one place, 5, 6 in another, so we'll, I don't know how many we're going to see, but we'll see a number of them this uh, trip. So today is his, uh, the day he went into his meditation. Last time we went there was maybe six years ago. We took a collection and gave all these uh, herbs that they put on his body, camphor and sandalwood. So it's very interesting. So Rudra is doing an important service. He annihilates everything.
it all starts over again. Sometimes your house gets disorganized and it's just easy to take everything out and put it back in. So when everything gets destroyed then it's easier to start all over fresh. This Brahma service every day of his life he creates the universe. And at the end of the day, Shiva destroys it. And in between, Vishnu is maintaining it. Prabhupada liked to quote this verse, Bhutva Gramam Sevayam Bhutva Bhutva Praviyate Raja Agami Vasa Parta Prabhatyahara Agami Any questions? It's related to this verse. Where is the question of annihilation? If the wind is displacing the cloud, we talked about annihilation. The wind is displacing the cloud, which is the simile here. Where is the question of annihilation? Well, Clouds are a temporary manifestation, and when they get blown by the wind, that particular form of the cloud dissipates. So like that, this material energy is eternal, but it's destroyed, means its forms, its shape is destroyed and it becomes unmanifested. And again, Brahma takes the unmanifested pradhan, the energy, and he gives it form, makes planets, makes living bodies, so that form of the material world is annihilated. The energy remains. In that sense, there's no destruction, but that raw energy doesn't have any form, so he gives it the form the beautiful trees, plants, fish, insects, those wonderful mosquitoes. Prabhupada said that even the scientists, they cannot create even a mosquito. Is that they created a mosquito? So Brahma, we have to give them credit. He's creating something. Created all of our bodies, deva bodies, The second question. That relates to when we were talking about Mayavadis. So when Krishna himself he says they show the Kathras, they show our Vekta, our Vekta, the Vilvatam, the Hara, Vira, Vakyate. So Mayavadis are also part of Krishna. We never said they're not part of Krishna. So why do we have so much of, uh, you know, we are recognized to say that the Mahavadi's preachings are there. They might as well be preaching, but at the end of the day, they might as well come to Krishna consciousness. 
Bahunam Jamanam Ante, yes, after many, many births they can come. Vasudeva Sarvamiti, they can come to Krishna. But uh, the path detours people. We want them to come directly and directly engage in devotional service. For the Mayavadis are detouring from directly approaching Krishna. So it's a very long route. And it's interesting, this shows the defect of sectarian religion. People get addicted to a particular, attached to a particular path, not because of understanding, but because of a sectarian view. So they're willing even to try to kill Ramanuja Acharya. Like that, we have this problem of sectarianism. But if we understand the world today, but if we understand the philosophy, we can see that Vaishnavism is a complete understanding. But the Mayavadiism is only a partial understanding. When we call you know, Vaishnava now, we have Shabudu. So he the greatest of the Vaishnava. Why should he have, you know, such a fight on the Vaishnavites and Shabbites? No, the Shivites are people that say that Shiva is God. They think that he's supreme. We respect and worship Shiva, but we see him as uh, a devotee as an incarnation, partial incarnation of Vishnu. In the verse it says here, the Lord Himself is uh, annihilating in His form as Rudra. So Rudra is also the Guna avatar of Krishna. So we also respect Shiva, but we don't consider Him to be independent of Vishnu. We don't consider him to be a god in the, the higher, that's independent from the Supreme Godhead. He's a form of God, but he's not, we have to see him as a devotee of Vishnu, not as someone who is, a, that the Shivites only see Shiva and they don't see Vishnu and others. They think Shiva is supreme. That's the main problem. So they're committing offense to Vishnu. Or Shiva himself, he worships Vishnu. He said, Aradhananam Sarvesam Vishnu Aradhanam Param. He said the highest worship is worship of Vishnu and worship of Vishnu's devotees. But uh, the Shivites, they consider that Shiva worship is highest. That's the problem. Hare Krishna. Thank you all very much. One more question from Mahi Gupta. No, that's uh Huh? 
Brahma. It says that, that uh, Narad Muni, because he's a liberated soul, he didn't die at the time of the annihilation. He was he was in the body of Garbhodakshai Vishnu. So all the living entities in the universe except for Brahma Loka, Satya Loka, they get the, their bodies get annihilated. It said that Narada was in the body of Garbhodakshai Vishnu, then he came out again. After the, uh, when he came out, he came out as a Manas Putra of Lord uh, Brahma. So that's why he's also known as a disciple and a son of Brahma. But he's actually liberated. Hare Krishna.